Welcome to the Sports Virus Podcast, everybody. I'm Joe Castellano. We're brought to you by Kane's Tire in San Rafael, where they have the lowest prices in Marin County for over 60 years. Today's guest is Ray Woodson. We're going to talk about the Golden State Warriors and their 3-2 lead in the finals after their win in Game 5 on Monday night. Here's a conversation that I had with Ray on Tuesday morning. Well, Ray, the Warriors take Game 5 of the NBA Finals. Now they lead it three games to two, headed back to Boston. And I think a lot of people are kind of surprised that the Warriors could win with the game that Steph Curry had. But, man, Andrew Wiggins has really had a great Finals. Uh, He is sort of a different player, I think, in the playoffs than he was the second half of the season. We know he had a great first half of the regular season, and then he was an All-Star. But, man, did he ever look good. And, by the way, thanks for coming on the podcast. It's been a while since we talked. Yeah, it has been a while, and a lot has happened <laughs> since uh, we last spoke. The Warriors looked kind of messy toward the end of the regular season, and Wiggins was part of that. But, you know, I think his ascension has coincided with the Warriors' ascension. Although, you know, it looked pretty shaky early on in this series when Boston took the two games to one lead. And I felt at that time they, they looked like the better team, and they had beaten the, the Warriors decisively. Uh, at Chase Center earlier in the regular season, although that was the game where Marcus Smart landed on Steph Curry. And uh, there there was another injury in that uh, game as well that, that hurt the Warriors. Uh, I think it was uh, to, to Poole. But uh, anyway, uh, it, it's a whole different scenario now. And I, and I said that if the Warriors were going to come back, it was going to be defense that was going to do it for them. Uh, when they played well, their defense was locked down. Well, they've given up 88, 94, and 97 in the wins since then. Uh, you know, they, they rally back from that first, that fourth quarter collapse in game one. Uh, that game two win was, was very important in stabilizing the series, and it was about their defense. And then Boston only scores 97 in their gym. So uh, that, that to me is the whole key of this series for the Warriors. Up and down the lineup, guys playing better defensively, and Wiggins is right in the middle of that, and that was the game of his life last night uh, at both ends of the floor, and he took big shots, and I feel like he's a guy, along with Curry, who can take on the Celtics one-on-one and get his shot and his physical prowess. You know, I think overall, Boston is better physically. The Warriors have more experience and, and savvy, but Wiggins... Uh, brings it all to the table. And, you know, you talk about the Warriors championship DNA, and here's a guy who's never been in a final, and he's taken the bull by the horns the last couple of games. You know, as much as we talk about Curry's Game 4 performance, and we should, it was historic. Uh, Wiggins was great in Game 4, and he was absolutely brilliant last night. Um, you know, he's, he's a guy who I, I think has gotten a bad rap, Part of it was because, uh, the, you know, the franchise he was with Minnesota was going nowhere, came here, and he, this culture of this team has has caused him to lift his game up to the level that a lot of us thought he was capable of, of reaching. And, and I think last night was sort of the apex of that. Uh, he got aggressive. He can take it to the basket against these guys. And, you know, really at the end, the story was his legs were springy, and Jason Tatum's legs were not. And the Celtics faded out and kind of lost their composure a little bit in the fourth quarter. And now the Warriors are on the brink of another championship. Yeah, I want to follow up on two points that you made there that I totally agree about. One is 
that Wiggins has been taking it to the basket with authority uh, because, I mean, he's had two posterizing dunks, and you just see the athleticism. And the other point you made there about how you kind of knew that he had this in him, but we haven't seen it all the time, but it's coming out. I mean, this is sort of the Wiggins coming out party because you, you're just seeing the athleticism, the you know the ability to create space, and he just will not be denied in his drives to the basket. He's being so aggressive. Yeah, it's funny, too, because uh, he's getting nothing from three. Curry got nothing from three, and we kind of buried the lead on that. I won a finals game with Curry getting a goose egg from three. Yeah, it's amazing. It's, <laughs> yeah. So, so this, you know, the, the other guys rose to the occasion, and, and you know, Wiggins was a big part of uh, picking up the slack there. Uh, and, you know, that's, that's the story here. Boston is, you know, a very good defensive team. Uh, we forgot about the Warriors' defense, some people in the national media. And I tried to remind a couple of these uh, Twitter handles in the national media that are a little bit biased toward the Celtics, hey, these guys are pretty good on defense, too. And you may use some numbers during the regular season uh, to gauge Boston's defense against the Warriors, but that doesn't tell the whole story because, among other things, Draymond Clay and Steph had barely played together during the regular season, and, and Wiggins hadn't really stepped up uh, toward the end of uh, the regular season. But now he's, you know, he's, he's the guy that we saw last night, and if he's that guy, um, you know, that kind of fills some of the void left by the departure of Kevin Durant at that wing. So, uh, you know, it, it's, it's been about Wiggins being aggressive on the offensive end and being able to take it to the hoop against these guys, and that's so important in those possessions where things kind of bog down and it's getting late in the clock. He's gotten some big late-in-the-clock buckets on the, some possessions that have bogged down and gotten into the mud, and that's, that's where it, it, it's so important. It's not always about the transition threes. Sometimes you've got to be in your half-court set and be efficient, and that's a guy who can get it done. But also at the defensive end, man, he's been really good. Uh, Clay Thompson has been really good. Draymond was great last night to, at both ends of the floor, really. Now, that was the Draymond that, you know, you've been hoping to see, and he deserved all the criticism he got after Game 3 and for most of Game 4, and he deserved to be benched in the fourth quarter of Game 4. And he responded in the final four minutes of uh, Game 4 and in this uh, game last night. Uh, you know, and Steph Curry, too. His defense has been very good, you know, even though we, the shots didn't fall last night. So, all in all, again, I think it's been about the defense, but at the offensive end, Wiggins being able to be aggressive last night uh, was a big part of the reason they won, even though Steph uh, was over from three. I don't know if a lot of coaches would have benched Draymond Green, Ray, and uh, <laughs> Steve Kerr does that, and then look what you get when he comes back. And I don't know if he had extra motivation or if it just was time for him to play better, but he did look like a man possessed, I thought, in Game 5. Yeah, he was everywhere. He was in Jason Tatum's face when there was a timeout. That's right. He wasn't going to let him hoist a practice shot. He didn't want the shooter to see the ball go in the rim, not even when it didn't count. Uh, so yeah, he was he was a much different player last night. He's that guy. The Warriors are very very tough to beat. He has been that guy consistently. I mean, he looked like a shadow of himself. He looked a little rattled in Game Three, uh, but he's he's turned it around. And yes, there aren't many coaches who would have benched Draymond in Game Four, uh, but he has the one coach who would, and you know it's because they have a relationship. They know each other. They butted heads before, but they get each other. They know that uh, they both want to win. 
And, you know, Draymond said post-game, I'm not going to act like I enjoyed being benched. I'm a competitor. I want to be out there. And he was visibly upset about it. I get that, but uh, people talk about what a courageous decision it was. I heard that national media, and I'm like, well, did you see how he was playing? (laughs) I mean, exactly. he, he was a liability. And and so uh, it was two things. It was about you know getting Looney more time, and, and Kerr admitted that he didn't play Looney enough in Game Three, and he was very effective in Game Four, especially on the defensive end. It was about that, and maybe a little bit of lighting a fire under Draymond. And he came back in the final, I think, with three forty of um, Game Four, and had his best defensive stretch, and they got a huge offensive rebound that led to a, a Looney layup late that helped seal the game. So. Uh, that that was sort of the fuel that brought him into uh, Game Five, and you know he was conscious of the fact that uh, he has been a liability. He said it himself; he sucked, and now he's he's turned it around. And it, you know it's, it's funny fans look at that and say, "Well, you knew you sucked. Why 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 not just not suck?" <laughs> but it's not that <laughs> it's not that easy, especially when you're 32 and you play the kind of game that Draymond does. Uh, Draymond isn't the old Draymond. Clay isn't the old Clay, but there's enough of them there that they can get this across the finish line if they play one more game like we saw last night. It was interesting because I thought uh, Jeff Van Gunny made a good point. At one point, uh, they had, because of foul trouble, uh, you know, Looney got into foul trouble. Draymond Green eventually fouls out. They had players on the floor that... (laughs) I think that Jeff Van Gundy was saying, I don't know that these guys have ever played together before. You know, yeah. like Andre, Peyton. I think they were out there at the same time maybe as Otto Porter and Poole. It was just an interesting group that they had out on the floor at one point. Well, yeah, that's that's what you have to do. You have to improvise sometimes in the finals uh, because you can't go. If things aren't working with a group, you can't go with it for very long. A game can get away from you. And that group looked like, on the offensive end, they hadn't played together. It was a, a little bit janky there. But um, I think after that, Curry called a timeout, and, and Steph Curry came back in the game. And the, and the thing about Steph is, even though he didn't make a three, and, man, just one Curry three would have been a dagger, uh, he was able to get a couple of shots in the lane, a couple of floaters, and uh, I think a layup. So that was helpful. He understood it wasn't falling, so he found out other ways to be effective. And, you know, again, his gravity helps open things up for other guys, like it did for Wiggins on that dunk that, uh, that's going to be one of the highlights uh, of the game. But, uh, you know, you mentioned Peyton, too, and, and he had his best game last night. And him being able to come back for these finals yeah. has really, really helped the Warriors, not only on, on the defensive end, of course, that's his specialty, but depth-wise and with their rotation. And I think that's that's something I mentioned at the start of the series on Twitter. Uh, Boston really goes seven and a half deep. That's about it. And so is that going to wear them down as the series goes on? It appeared to in the fourth quarter last night. Like I said, Tatum's legs weren't under him. A lot of shots were short. So, uh, you know, they, they, it's the all-time gut check for game six. I'd expect a lot of energy out of them. There was a lot of energy at the start of the third quarter from this group, but can they summon it up uh, for the rest of the series enough to, to, to beat the Warriors? That's going to be a big question. And that's where the depth, the old strength in numbers, comes into play. It's a, it's a much different roster than the championship series, except for, of course, the core players, but uh, you know the four guys. But 
it's uh, it's still a different group coming off the bench, and they've had to kind of experiment and see who fits what role. And 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 adding Peyton into the mix, sprinkling him in, has been so huge for that depth. We'll have more with Ray Woodson right after this. When it's time for new tires, you want the lowest prices and the best service, don't you? Well, Kane's Tire in San Rafael has you covered on both. Kane's has the lowest prices in Marin County, and they provide the warm and welcoming service that you can only receive from a family-run business. Voted Best of Marin for 35 years in a row, Kane's prices beat Costco's prices every time. Kane's Tire, 1531 4th Street in San Rafael. Give him a call at 415 453 That's 415-453-2942 for Kane's Tire. Well, the Celtics, I mean, they've been here before. They've come back in series. They've won game sevens. Uh, They've Mm -hmm. also shown at times against the Warriors that they could be pretty darn dominating inside. I mean, there there were times earlier in the series, as you mentioned, they took a lead in the series two to one. There were times where they were way more physical than the Warriors, you know, getting the ball inside. They just seem to implode at times. I mean, look, Ray, I mean, they made 18 turnovers. That leads to a lot of Warriors points. They missed a bunch of free throws. So after they, you know, expended all that energy coming back in the third, they look great in the third. They just, like you said, they look dead in the fourth quarter. But I'm certainly not counting them out because they're capable of, uh, you know, going ahead and, and winning two games in a row. By the way, that pool three at the horn at the end of the third oh, quarter, what a good. lift. Yeah. What a lift. And he's done that twice in this series now. Huge lift for for the Warriors, and he just got it off, too. They saw the replay, and the ball had just left his fingers when the light went on. But, um, yeah, they, they the Celtics came out firing in the third quarter. You know, they wanted to change the narrative of the Warriors' third quarter, which is usually the killer. And it, and it would have been last night if the Warriors had a patented third quarter. So, yeah, they did expend a lot of energy in the they did run out of gas, and they did lose their composure. I understand that um, Udoka and Tony Brothers really got into it during a timeout, as well as, as Marcus Smart. And Smart was all upset on one play where he hit the deck when Clay made a three. And, uh, you know, I saw the replay, and I don't think Clay is so strong that with one arm he can throw Marcus Smart 20 feet. <laughs> Just put it that way. <laughs> that's, you know, that's part of Smart's antics. You know, another time Smart was doing the Sergeant Slaughter grip on a screen, and they, they didn't call it. And the announcers were chuckling about that. But, you know, the, the, this team looked like uh, the overall superior physical team. But, you know, then Draymond turned on the light. And his health defense was outstanding last night. And that's part of why the Celtics were not as effective in the paint. And the games they've lost, they've been ineffective in the paint. Uh, you can, you know, they, the, the Warriors have found a team that's bedeviled by turnover, turnovers almost as much as them. So, you know, that way it's a good matchup. But they're, they're sometimes not great at putting the ball on the floor. They figure out that, you know, you can get these guys going to their left. They're less effective. Early on in this series, they were going to their right all the time and, and beating the Warriors to the basket. And they were either getting, you know, a, a lob to Williams for a dunk or they were swinging it out for a wide-open three and the Warriors couldn't cover all that space. Well, the Warriors have figured some things out. You know, they've thrown a few different wrinkles at them defensively. They've gone boxing, but they've got zone. But you know, most of it now has been man-to-man, and I think they've, they've done intensive studying and understand what their strengths and weaknesses are. This is what happens when you meet a team as the series goes on. You know, the Celtics have responded by doing what they do against Steph. They had bigs coming out hedging and, and, and taking away his space, and that definitely uh, hurt his effective 
effectiveness offensively last night, but the Warriors had adjustments. The Celtics didn't uh, to what the Warriors were doing. And again, it goes back to what he said at the top. All this talk about the Celtics defense, number one in the, in the, the league, I get it, but the Warriors were number two. And, and they, they have shown when healthy, again, that number two defense was an overall rating for the season. Uh, when healthy, this group is right there with the Celtics defensively. Yeah, I mean, there are no easy shots in this series. It's been pretty good as far as that. I mean, it's, it's fun to watch when teams actually play defense that way. You mentioned Tony Brothers, yeah. and the officiating, I just thought, was pretty bad in game five uh, on both sides of it. I, I just, yeah. you know, so I, I'm not saying, you know, there's a bias one way or the other like some fans would. I mean, look, the Warriors had a couple of flops that went their way, uh, but I thought yep. there were traveling violations that weren't called. I just thought it was poor. What did you think? I, I think the overall level of officiating is a, is a real concern for the NBA, but these guys are purportedly the best in the world. So are you going to find better ones anywhere? Probably not. <laughs> no, I don't yeah, know. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> And, and we're looking at here. replay, too. Like, we're looking at, you know, Gary yeah. Payton tripping over his own feet. And But when you saw it live, you know, you it's hard to say. You know, you don't see if there's contact or not. And then we look at a replay, and now we're experts, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's a part of it. It's, it's the replay generation, so we all get the second guess. And these guys move so quickly. And, and I, I, again, you, you go on courtside seat, you see how fast they move. And yeah. stuff gets called in, in real time. They can be deceptive sometimes. So, yeah, I, 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 I kind of give them a break in that regard. But I will say this there are certain officials that uh, shouldn't be officiating in playoff games. And I go back to earlier in the playoffs, not necessarily in these finals. I think, you know, as much as Warrior fans like to uh, Scott Foster, he's actually one of the best referees out there. So, um, you know, that's, and he's going to be uh, efficient in game six, I understand. So, you know, this, 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 uh, this whole thing about the officiating, all you can do is go in the offseason, study it, hold these guys accountable. But I, I don't know what the, the, the answer is unless you're going to add a referee. Is that going to make it any better? <laughs> you know, know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> all you can do is, is, is continue to spotlight it and, and that's the way to hold them accountable. And, you know, I, the league has a grading system, but, uh, you know, I, I don't think there's a whole lot of personal bias out there, although it's natural as human beings that some develops with players you like or you don't like. I've, I've always been mystified by how they officiate Steph Curry. Let's just put it that way. Steph, Steph used to have a bad habit of reaching in, and he'd get fouls called on them that way. But this is a guy who goes to the hoop, and does not get calls that a lot of other players do when they go to the hoop. I know. It happens sometimes, but not consistently enough. And, you know, you can criticize the superstar treatment, but it is a, it's a thing in the NBA and has been for as long as I've been watching. And he doesn't get it sometimes, and it just it mystifies me. It mystifies Steph. There were a couple times last night where his, his arms were flailing like, what do I have to do? You know? Yeah. Do I have to lose a limb? But, you know, that's, that's just I, – I, I almost think it's like uh, sort of an internal thing with some of these refs. It's like if we officiate this guy like we do other guys with the cheat code that he has, you know, the, the, the tools that he has, uh, he, he, could, he could go out of control. You know, he could go for 60 every game. So maybe it's a little self-regulating mechanism that they have, the one thing that, <laughs> that you know – 
<laughs> if the players can't defend him, we're going to regulate him a little bit this way. I don't know. That's just a subconscious thing, if it's anything. But, hey, uh, at this point, it's about the players. It's not so much about the referees, and you can't worry about them. And, and I think the coaches, even Yudoka was, was, was saying that to his players last night in the fourth quarter. Forget the officials. Too much on the line here. Play your damn game. So you can't get wrapped up in that. Yeah, I actually thought Draymond was a little better uh, lately. Yeah. Where I, and something happened to him where he's just not arguing with officials as much. No, no. He, he, he was much more focused. And I think that's, that, that's with Draymond sometimes. You can tell when he's locked in when that stuff isn't happening. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, that he was locked in last night. I hope we see the same guy in game six, although it's a different atmosphere in Boston, so he might get a little more emotional. Uh, that, that's something to watch because the, the crowd really got after him in, in games three and four, and I think his, it might have affected his performance a little bit. So he's got to remind himself what to say. He's been here before and lock in one more time. And, if he, again, if, if Draymond is – the Draymond we saw last night in Game 6, given the fact that Steph Curry is bound to bounce back, I think it was Clay that said Steph's going to be livid about it. If you get livid Steph and locked in Draymond, I really like the Warriors' chances. But, of course, the, on the line for Boston at home, they're good. I would expect their best effort in Game 6. And what I would worry about for the Warriors is not falling behind big early as they have a habit of doing sometimes. Yeah. Now, if the Warriors win, and whether it's Game 6 or Game 7, and Steph Curry has a big game or two there, uh, you know, pretty much seems like he'd be the MVP for the first time in his career. But if he doesn't, I mean, Andrew Wiggins is certainly making a run for his money, and there's been a lot of discussion about MVP way before it's yeah. time, way before it's time. But I think it's all because, you know, Steph hasn't won it before. And what does that do for his legacy? Yeah. I, I don't know if it does anything more for his legacy, but it, it could be a very interesting decision. Well, I think it's okay to talk about it now because they are on the verge of a championship. One more win and they get it. And so you, you go through all the scenarios. Uh, I got into an argument with some people on Twitter about this last night. And I think they're conflating the way I think with, how I think the voters are going to look at it. Let me tell you this. Recency bias is a thing. Oh, I've yeah. seen it. Yeah. I've, I was at the 15 finals, and, you know, Iguodala definitely helped turn that series around. But, you know, he could have made a very, very strong case for Steph. Uh, and so, you know, it, it was forgotten how valuable he was for the, the whole of the series because of Iguodala's impact. And, and, you know, this might be happening here. I'm just telling you. Wiggins has been absolutely brilliant the last couple of games. But, you know, Steph, I would think, would have the edge because, you know, he's played several good games in the series, including an iconic game in Game 4. So I think if the Warriors win in Game 6 and Steph plays pretty well, Steph should win it. Uh, But people on Twitter telling me it's not even close, you don't know that. You don't know that. I think it's closer (laughs) than people might, might perceive because of the way that Wiggins has been coming up and, and the game he played last night. But, uh, you know, I, I, I waited towards Steph because down two games to one, coming up with one of his all-time great games, if not his greatest game, that I think, you know, balances the scales in, in his direction. And I don't think he's going to go over from three again. So if he has just, you know, a, a normal Steph game and they win, I think he finally hoists that MVP trophy. 
That sounds very exciting. Uh, before we finish up, I just wanted to touch on the Giants. Uh, they sweep yeah. the Dodgers. They were kind of, you know, wallowing a little bit, about, what, six and a half out. And now they're three games out of first place. They've been making a pretty good charge. And even uh, with the injuries they've had to their pitching staff and, you know, without Buster Posey and really they don't, haven't figured out what they're doing at catcher. They, they haven't made any, you know, move or they don't have any solution there. And Joey Bart didn't work out. Uh, still, they're kind of hanging in there. What do you think of this team? Well, Farhan finds guys, doesn't he? <laughs> uh, like Luis Gonzalez. Yeah, he's good. I mean, yeah. You know, he's this year's Lamont Wade, you might say. Uh, you know, a guy kind of came out of nowhere or had very little major league experience, but he got into the right situation, and he's contributing. They find these guys who contribute. Um, but it's mostly about pitching. I think pitching and defense, and I thought it would be for this team – at the start of the season, they'd pitch pretty well, they'd defend pretty well, and uh, they'd get enough home runs. And that's pretty much been the case. I didn't think they'd win 107 games. I know that's going out on a limb, but I thought they'd be in the mix. And, of course, you got an extra wild card, so they're very much in the mix. And, you know, they, they showed the Dodgers that they're here to compete. They're, they, it doesn't matter that you have some future Hall of Famers in the Dodger lineup. These guys are going to grind it out and compete. So they, they're a grinder team. They were last year. It's funny to say that for a team that won 107 games that they ground their way to those wins, but we saw it game in and game out. Uh, they paid attention to the little things, and they got it done. And, you know, uh, I, I think that they're going to need some of these guys to get healthy to, to contribute, and they've got to figure out the catching situation eventually. Maybe Austin wins works out for them. Might be another far-hand find. I just put the TM behind that when I tweet that Farhan find because it, it, yeah he he just he just get these guys who incrementally are better than what he had on the roster and you get enough of those guys uh, they make an impact uh, you know I, I, look at uh, also Darren Ruff had a very slow start to the season but if you watched him he was hitting the hardest buck fifty I've ever seen that guy was lining out all the time. And eventually that's what leads to slumps, right? You know, you start getting a little discouraged. Well, he's starting to come around. If, if he can get the bat going, that's going to be big for them because they're weak against lefties. But he's one guy who can hit lefties. I think that's the, the one thing that's been a problem for him. So they go up against the Dodgers and face a couple of lefties, and what happens? They still win the game. They grind it out. Uh, you know, their, their bullpen's been... Yeah, a little shaky, but pretty good. There have been a couple of guys who've had outings where they've blown up. They're getting McGee back, and if he's healthy and Duvall going the way he is. By the way, I thought it was really important for Duvall to have good outings against the Dodgers, you know, in key situations, to take away some of that scar tissue from the playoffs last year, particularly against the Dodgers. So yeah. uh, I think that's going to be great for his confidence going forward. This This team is is pretty gritty, pretty tough. They can pitch. They can defend. Uh, they're going to be there. They're, uh, you know, they're, I don't know if they're going to win the division. I still think the Dodgers can win the division. But they're, they're going to get in the postseason, and they're going to be problematic. Yeah, and, I mean, Wade is on his way back, Belt. Yep. Uh, they're, you know, they're going to get yeah. some reinforcements here. So, <laughs> could yeah, be and, and, you know, the possibility of another deadline trade like Chris Bryant last year. So, uh, you know, I, I said it. Last year, and I'll say it again this year, depth is going to be an issue for this team, especially when you have uh, key players who are in their early mid-30s, like the, the, the Giants do. And, 
the, the roster at the start of the year was not going to be the roster that you'll see at the end of the year. And I think that's going to replay this year. So, like the Warriors, strength in numbers. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, and that, that pretty much recaps it. Warriors, Giants. Ray, thanks a lot. I always appreciate your time coming on and uh, loving hearing your thoughts about Bay Area sports. Uh, I'm glad that you still keep tabs on everything the way that you do. Thanks a lot, and uh, have a great day. It's great chatting with you, Joe, and how can you not, not keep tabs with it? It's been so interesting this year, and um, maybe get a little more interesting Thursday night, so we'll see. It was uh, fun to talk about it. That's former Bay Area talk show host on KMBR in San Francisco, Ray Woodson. Join us again next week for another edition of the Sports Virus Podcast. For now, I'm Joe Castellano. Thanks for listening on the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.